So he had planned with his friends, like, you guys go hide in the closet and I'm going to have sex with my girlfriend? Yeah, I really can't say, you know, I've never gotten his side of the story, but to me, yeah, that's definitely what it felt like. Welcome back to Other People's Lives. I'm Joe Santagato. I'm Greg Dybeck. For anyone out there that wants to be a guest on our show, don't hesitate to reach out. You can reach us at our email, oplpodcast at gmail.com, or you can just visit our website, oplshow.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Yeah, and if you want weekly bonus episodes, head over to patreon.com slash OPL show, which is $5 a month. You get to support the show. You get weekly bonus episodes and you your money also contributes to our monthly donations to a different charity. We call it the Helping Other People Initiative, and you can help us decide where to put a portion of those Patreon funds. And that's something that we do every single month. And this episode is, of course, brought to you by Pay the Price. Mine and Joe's new trivia party game that takes both brains and bravery. You can check it out at paythepricegame.com and use the promo code OPL for 15% off if you want to get your hands on it. Now, with all that out of the way, today we're going to be speaking to a woman who was faced with a very scary and unfortunate reality of being a victim of, I guess what's been come to be known as revenge porn or a form of digital abuse and harassment in which sexually explicit images or videos of a person are shared and made public without that person's consent or knowing. And we're going to learn about how this happened to our guest and how she you know, navigated uh, this journey to end up where she is today. But before all that, we just want to thank you for being on the show today. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah. And, you know, to, to kick this off, I think what's so hard to swallow with a topic like this is the fact that it takes another person, right? Another human to take one of your most private and vulnerable moments and decide to share that, uh, with strangers. And that's, it's just an act that can truly change the course of someone's life. And, uh, I'm sure listeners like us are already getting angry at the thought of it, but can we start, I guess, just talking about your relationship with this person who, ultimately would go on to do this to you? You know, how did you meet them and and who were they to you? Yeah, so I'm 28 years old now, but at the time I was in 10th grade, uh, so a while ago, and he was my first serious boyfriend. And that's how we got to know each other was through school and through sports and all of that. So... At what point, you know, during this, I mean, assuming this relationship, you know, you guys, I mean, if you're dating the kid, you think that he's a, a good guy. Uh, did he ever seem like someone who'd be capable of doing something like this one day? Oh, definitely not. No, not at all. Uh, we were pretty, pretty infatuated with each other. I think our relationship lasted longer than most in high school, uh, at least in my hometown. And yeah, he was genuine and 
we expressed our love for each other and yeah, I never saw this coming. Even years later, I, I still didn't know. How long into your, how long did you guys end up dating for? Uh, probably about a year and a half. Okay. And, and during that time of your relationship, did you, um, you know, did you guys get intimate with each other like often or was this kind of like, you know, the first time and then this sort of happened to you? Yeah, this was uh, both of our first times that we lost our virginity to each other. And then um, shortly after we lost our virginity to each other, I don't know, a few times later, this happened. So can you walk us through, I guess, when you say this happened? Because there's, you know, this is something that we'll get into, but there's so many possibilities for something like this to happen to a person this could be a sex tape this could be uh sending a nude photo to someone or a video to someone that they end up kind of leaking and making public uh what actually happened you know between you two where he was able to get whatever material it was yeah i think uh my story has lots of layers to it in regards to this but the initial time um that I had a video taken of me and I was unaware of it. Uh, we were at his friend's house, uh, hanging out and his friend had to leave and we were fooling around and one thing led to another. And he's like, Oh, let's go to my friend's room. And I was pretty adamant against it, but the more time went on, the more he convinced me. And I went into his friend's room and I didn't know this at the time but two of his good friends were in the closet watching the whole thing and taking a video. So he had planned with his friends, like you guys go hide in the closet and I'm going to have sex with my girlfriend. Yeah. I really can't say, you know, I've never gotten his side of the story, but to me, yeah, that's definitely what it felt like. That's so, Wow. That, that's like, that's such an intense level of this too, because that is, it's so premeditated. It's not even just, I, I don't know. I, it's, it's hard to know what to expect when you hear one of these stories, but you know, you think you sometimes think that it happens, you know, post breakup or someone gets really angry with the partner that they were once in love with and decide, Oh, you know, I have this material that, you know, I'm just going to put out as, you know, revenge in essence. Uh, but it's crazy. So this was staged with his friends and, and while this was happening and I'm, so I'm assuming, so you were in the friend's room having sex with him being videotaped by friends with absolutely no idea the entire time. Yeah. I had no clue. The only thing that like raised a red flag for me is, you know, mid act, uh, one of his other friends that wasn't in the closet walked in on us. And of course that halted everything. And I got really freaked out, got a bad feeling in my stomach and just peaced out the rest of the time. But shortly after that, we broke up and yeah. So, you know, what, what, what happened? Like, how did you come to realize that they were in the closet? So it's kind of a weird story and I don't quite know how to explain it, but years later, so my senior year of high school, um, there was this big scandal in my school about how uh, the school found out that 
the boys were sharing nude videos and nude pictures of all the girls in the school and the police got involved and it was this big kind of witch hunt ordeal and uh, I just had this sinking feeling in my gut like I'm one of them like I had never shared any nude photos or anything like that but I just had this sinking gut feeling and a year after that I was in college and in my hometown is the university and me and this ex of mine and his friends all went to this university and I was sitting in the library with a kid I knew we were doing some homework and they walked by and that kid was like hey did you ever hear about that video that he made of some other girl he dated I was like no what are you talking about and he explained it in detail about how uh the two of them were hiding in the closet and he brought his girlfriend down. I was like, wait, what? No, that, that wasn't her. That was me. Like, I just knew it in my gut. And then a year later, following that, um, I got a text message from a friend saying like, Hey, I think this is you. And there was a link. And of course it was to a porn site and you know, it was a video of me from that day. Oh my god. It was up on a porn site? Yeah, it was up on a porn site. So, Jesus, like, did, so did you ever confront him or any of the people involved? No, I haven't. Uh, when I, you know, how do you confront something that you just have a gut instinct about? And it wasn't until about, oh gosh, four years later that it was confirmed for me. And by that point, like, I felt like too much time had passed. I wanted nothing to do with any of them. So I never confronted them. You never, in that initial moment, wanted to even go down the path of kind of discovery for yourself. Like, let me try to see this video. Let me try to confirm on my own if this is me or not. Um, I mean, it. I knew it was me in the video. Right. Um, in college but after that suspicion was confirmed and I saw the video for myself and I saw how many people had seen it it kind of sent me down a little bit of a dark path and I started researching a bunch like how to get a video removed mm. and how to pursue legal action but ultimately months later I decided not to pursue it, it wow it's just man it, it that is just one of the most vulnerable private moments i mean can you describe that feeling at all of you know when when it really hit you that it was you it, just to have been so exposed and i guess violated and you know for trust to be broken uh i mean what is that like if you can even put it into words yeah i think it's really dizzying like your whole world just crashes. Like uh, for me, the dark path I went down, I started questioning everyone in my life and who had known about this video and never said a word to me and who had seen me in such a intimate personal moment, you know, without me even knowing. And I just began questioning everything. And it just, it makes you realize how vulnerable you were and you just had no idea mm -hmm. 
What was ultimately the, ultimately the reason why you decided not to pursue any sort of legal action here? So my hometown, it's really small. My home state, it's very much country and small. And one of the kids involved uh, is a bigwig. His family has lots of money. I was a poor college student trying to get into med school. Like it just... It just felt like the odds were stacked against me. And I knew in order for me to heal, battling it out with them for months or years wasn't going to help. It was just going to cause more damage to me. So I really focused on therapy and things like that instead. Hmm. I think that's really brave to, to say. You know, I think we've had episodes like this before where you know, we say it all the time. It's so much easier for the person listening and just kind of hearing bits of the story to assume what they would do in this situation or to let anger take over. I mean, it's it's really difficult not to get angry and, you know, like hate this person for lack of a better word. Um, but, you know, in in your case, for the one having to deal with this to, you know, be able to at that point understand what you think is the best path for your long-term healing. Um, you know, I think, yeah, I, I think that takes a lot of courage and just to, to put it in per, into perspective, uh, just before the call, you know, the, I think the, the health effects that can come from surviving this type of trauma, because it is a trauma. And there's a survey that found out of 1600 survivors of revenge porn, 51% mentioned having suicidal thoughts and a super high percentage uh, felt like they were more likely to experience anxiety, depression, PTSD. I mean, this is, it's not a joke, the trauma that something like this could cause. I mean, I think like you said, it's dizzying. It kind of turns your world upside down. It's, it's world shattering in a way, uh, hard to imagine what you would feel like, how, like what that level of feeling exposed, uh, and, and like losing trust in probably so many people is like, um, but I just want to take the time to, you know, put that out there for everyone listening of, you know, the, the effects that can really come with something from this, uh, come and, from something like this. And just to piggyback off of what Greg is saying, uh, you know, that was a question of mine as well. Like, can you pinpoint, you know, what kind of lasting, you know, effects something like this has on a person? Like, does it make it harder for you to trust people or does it make it harder for your dating life in general? Yeah, I think so. I think um, most of it I've worked through at this point. But one thing that I still struggle with is I'm very much aware of electronics, especially in intimate settings. Like, I'm very much aware, like, okay, your phone goes in this drawer, my phone goes in this drawer, like nothing else. <laughs> and yeah. I'm also very much aware of uh, I think the hardest thing for me was my own self-trust. Like my own trust had been shattered in myself. So repairing that has been far more surmountable than repairing my trust in other people. What do you mean what, by that exactly? Yeah. Like I really questioned my judgment uh, mm. moving forward in relationships. And I had no inkling, you know, about him being capable of doing this and if he could do this to me and me not be aware in that moment, who else could? And just hmm. that lack of trust in myself that it built. 
Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, I imagine that could be like, you know, sort of hard when something like that happens, like that is traumatic, and, and you know, it's. I mean, it it makes my like blood boil just to like hear something like this, and and it's it's unfortunate too because I don't think people when they're going like doing something like this, they don't truly understand what it's going to be like to be on the other end of that until you know maybe it happens to them or you know they feel the legal ramifications for for doing something like this. And we were talking about it a little bit offline that now it's probably something that a lot of people deal with, um, you know, now because everyone has phones and it's much easier to share things through these apps and social media. Uh, so I can only imagine the amount of people that have kind of dealt with something that was similar to you. Um, do you have any sort of, I guess, advice or, or uh, any sort of wisdom for people that may be dealing with this and, and what has, you know, sort of helped you? I know you mentioned uh, therapy. Yeah, uh, I think everyone's journey is different. Um, but one thing that really helped me was truly sitting in the emotions. Uh, when I would get angry about it, thinking back to it, I would sit in that anger and feel it all the way through until I didn't feel it anymore. That was the most helpful thing for me. And if I felt like I needed to cry, just let it out. And that was so therapeutic in itself. And just know that you aren't alone out there like everyone else who has gone through this. I don't know if that makes it better or worse, but uh, there are so many people out there who have gone through things like this. There's resources out there, uh, free resources. So I think it's really important to uh, check on people and make sure and just sit with those emotions and use those resources. Yeah. And, and to not, th there shouldn't be any judgment toward the people that this happens to. I, I think that's important because it might be easy for people to judge or think that someone was, you know, someone who's a victim of this, you know, oh, they they could have avoided it or they let it on. But it's it, this strikes me as something that really could happen to the majority of us. And I pulled a study. It's from uh, McAfee. I think I'm saying that right. The security software firm. In their study, they found that nearly 49% of people have sent a sexually charged photo, text, or video at some point in their lives. I think a lot of us have done that, especially when we feel like we're in secure relationships with people we trust or whatever, honeymoon phase with a new person. Uh, sure, a lot of people listening right now have sent something that they would not want out there. And Joe thinks that number's low. We were talking about it before, so maybe it is even higher. Um, but it really it can happen to so many of us and and so many of us have things out there and you know that's the reality like that that's just the really scary thing and i think it's important you know what you said about phones and um you know looking for red flags but also just keeping in mind with anything that we see on social media photos in the cloud whatever it may be every everything that you're sending receiving videos you're taking of yourself i mean these could all be accessed at some point you know which which is really scary um, but my point of all that is you know this is something that does affect a lot of people and truly could affect uh, like uh, most people like no one not many people are immune to this happening to them and there shouldn't be that judgment you know against the person that is a victim of this 
Yeah, and I think you bring up a good point. Uh, there's no way to monitor this at all. There's no um, security for it. Like when it happened to me, I had never sent a nude photo or a nude video yeah. and yet this happened. And to everyone who watched my video, it seemed completely sensual because the act itself was consensual, hmm. but it's the video wasn't. And so it, it's a really fine line and it leads to so many other things. Like I was a child, this was child pornography. I was way under 18, you know, it, there's no way to monitor this. Yeah. E even legally, it seems like it goes state by state and it's, they've labeled it as illegal in, in most states, but not all states. So now like the laws are differing for each state and you know to joe's point i think it's just this is such a new phenomenon like phones haven't existed for that long social media like even what porn sites are today like this is all new and the technology is progressing at such a rapid pace that this this is kind of one of those consequences of it that you know we no one thought about when making whatever it may be any type of flat uh, platform phones cameras videos but it's just kind of the reality of technology advancing that this is just going to happen more and more which is scary yeah it is for sure and that's also another reason why i didn't pursue any legal action or confronting them there was no way for me to prove i was under 18 in that video like no way at all so what do you do in that situation Jeez. yeah i mean it's it's Obviously, I think totally up to you to handle that situation any way that you see fit. Um, but I think this conversation is super important because, you know, we keep saying it, but I think it is so prevalent. I do think, you know, Greg was saying 49% of people have sent some sort of, I think it's way higher than that personally. And I think that people maybe are a little ashamed to admit that they have done something like that. But I, I don't think that anyone should be ashamed. Like, I, I think that it, the only people who should be ashamed are the people who like break that trust and decide to expose other people at their most vulnerable. I think that's extremely fucked up. And I think they definitely should, you know, face some sort of legal ramifications for doing that. Um, especially when we're talking about uh, high school students who are underaged, uh, definitely should face some sort of legal, legal ramifications for, for that. Um, but yeah, like I said, I think this, this conversation is super important because I think a lot of people have dealt with something like this and, and maybe have dealt with it and not even said anything and, and haven't told anyone, haven't told mm. any of their friends or, or mentioned it to anyone. It's just kind of something that they deal with and they hope goes away. And that can be very hard for people, especially, you know, younger people. I mean, ch children now are getting younger and younger and using the internet and being exposed to these types of things. Um, and, and they're using these apps in, in those sort of way or, or, you know, sexting and talking about sex and, and knowing that these things at, at a younger age. So to be able to, to, to have to deal with that, um, on top of all the other societal pressures that social media kind of puts on, you know, young adults, uh, is extremely damaging. Um, so I, I'm, I'm happy to be able to be talking to you about this and, and kind of getting your point of view on it. Um, and, you know, I think it's, it's cool that you're being super honest and you're like, you know what, I just felt like, at the time, uh, the best thing for me was to do therapy and just kind of go about it in my own way. I think that's a very real and human way to kind of 
deal with that. Um, but a part of me also wishes that this these fucking kids got what <laughs> is like coming to them, you know? Yeah, with- absolutely. I- oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I, part of me still wishes they did too. But you know, at this point, over ten years has passed, and you know there is statute of limitations for this in my home state, anyways. And I don't know. I don't know. Well, like you said early on, if if you are doing well, which just by the simple fact you're here talking to us about this and and having the ability to offer advice to others who may be going through this, you know, shows how much work you've done and progress you've made. So, you know, I don't think there's any reason to dwell on the decisions that were made if it's led you to a good place. But I am curious with that being said, just what's, what's your take on forgiveness in general? I know, you know, everyone has very different feelings about, you know, their own level of of forgiveness. Would you say that you have forgiven the people involved in this or, you know, I I guess what's, you know, how do you feel about that? Yeah, that's such a loaded question. Um, I don't think it's black and white. Um, I think I would say about 90% of my, I don't know, my soul has forgiven them, but there is still a little bit of anger and emotion behind it Mm -hmm. um but i think more than anything uh, i crave that apology like i just want them to be like hey like i know this was a long time ago but i fucked up i'm sorry Mm -hmm. and just that simple admit admitting to what they did would go a long ways but i know i'm never gonna get that and i'm trying to come to peace with that but I think the majority of me has forgiven them. Yeah. And I guess maybe the better question is, you know, forgive, forgiving yourself in a way, because it seemed like one of the kind of immediate effects you felt was, you know, your own judgment or what role did you play in all this? Um, but is, is that something that through the work you've done on yourself, you've kind of been able to realize that, you know, you, you didn't play a part in this or that you shouldn't be mad at yourself for it? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's been a big part of my journey for sure. I know that there's nothing I could have done in that situation aside from not dating him that could have helped or maybe be more aware of my surroundings. I've definitely forgiven myself um, more easily or maybe easily is not the right, right phrase, but. Yeah. And I, and I, you know, the purpose of me asking the question in the beginning of like, you know, did he seem like the type of person to do something like this? Like, you know, and you answered like, no, you sound like a, you know, really nice guy. And the reason why I was asking that question, it was just kind of, you know, to paint this picture of it could be anybody, you know, and it's, it's not really your fault for doing something natural, having sex with your boyfriend or anything like that's, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but for him to have people sneaking in his closet and like filming, like, First of all, it's just strange to me, like just super strange uh, to to be doing that. Um, and then, you know, posting it online, like obviously it's it's, it's very embarrassing because you're like it, you feel exposed, but there's truly nothing wrong with that. And, and, and I think that people hopefully don't blame themselves or, you know, 
obviously it's it's much easier to say than do but um it's much easier said than done but like there's there's no reason to like blame yourself like you're doing you're not doing anything wrong you're doing something like supernatural that everyone's doing it's just they're making a mistake and putting it out there um but yeah i wanted to just ask that question to kind of like show people that it, it could be anybody it could happen to anyone it doesn't mean that if if something leaks that that person who's in the video is you know uh promiscuous or they're sleeping around or having sex with a bunch of people like mm. this is their person that they're like uh you know that they're intimate with and they're dating or, or in their relationships or even if they're not dating like you know there's some sort of trust there that this person has just broken like it doesn't really mean anything and i do think that women for the most part get the shit end of the stick when it comes to situations like this as well uh it's never like the guy is never looked at as like uh, you know, if something leaks, it's always like, oh, it's like a pat on the back. And then the, the woman usually gets like, oh, she's a slut or something, you know, and it's, it's very unfortunate. Um, and it's just, I think it's just super fucked up. And I, I you know, it, it bothers me a lot. But um, again, we really appreciate you coming on and, and talking to us and like giving your point of view on it. I think that it's a very important episode. Um, and a lot of people will benefit from listening to it. Yeah, I think so too. And I think it's a really important topic of conversation that needs to happen more often. And I think there's just so many layers to it. It's not always black and white and it's just such a crazy thing, but you never know. Yeah, no, it really is. And uh, yeah, I like, I think you sent the email. It's just, uh, it's still considered such a taboo topic or conversation or, you know, something that, a lot of people who have gone through this probably don't feel so represented or, you know, see a lot of conversations happening about this or, you know, the, the journey of going through and, and surviving this essentially, because you are a victim and, you know, surviving this and getting to a better place. So like Joe said, you know, thank you so much for coming on and being honest with your story, uh, you know, your journey, how you've gotten to the point that you've gotten to today to be able to talk about this. And, you know, I, I hope this helps a lot of people. And, uh, you know, I found some links and, and we'll search as well, but we'll drop into the show notes. I found one from um, the FTC of things that you can do if you're the target of revenge for uh, porn. There's something called the Cyber Civil Rights Initiative. So like you said earlier on, there's definitely resources um, that people can go to to, you know, understand kind of a course of action and, and what to do. So we'll make sure to drop that in as well. Yeah, thank you. And another resource that helped me a lot just to hear other people's stories and other people's traumas regarding this was the organization, their nonprofit called Fight the New Drug. They talk a lot about porn and different obstacles people have gone through with it. And that helped me the most uh, was hearing other people's stories and knowing I'm not alone because I was young when this happened. I was super young and cell phones, you know, it was uncharted territory. Do I think these guys are bad? No, I think they, we were young and dumb and they made a stupid mistake that's had lasting effects. And I do think that needs to be held accountable sometimes, but I think forgiveness is powerful and people knowing that they aren't alone and that lots of other people have gone through it can help. Absolutely. And, you know, we thank you for putting your voice out there, too, to be one of those people that uh, if if someone ever needs to kind of turn to for for that story, then they'll be able to listen to this. So seriously, can't thank you enough for that. 
Yeah, thank you for taking the time to put it out there. Of course. Uh, yeah, enjoy the rest of your night. We appreciate you. Yeah, thank you. Have a good night. Have a good one. Bye. being honest nobody looks forward to walking into a car dealership it's never fun dealing with pushy salesmen getting pitched a horrible deal or just playing that whole terrible game that you have to play at a dealership when you need a car and i've wasted full weekends just ending up basically stressed and empty-handed but that's why we want to introduce you to vroom with vroom you can buy a car online and have it delivered straight to you so you never have to go to a dealership again vroom is completely online so you get to browse thousands of cars in one place literally from the comfort of your home or you know wherever you decide to pull out your phone and if you want to sell your car on vroom you can get a price instantly again vroom is entirely online so the next time you need to buy a car just grab your phone go to vroom.com that's v-r-o-o-m vroom.com and check out the thousands of great cars that they have All right. Well, you know, I think uh, I just got. I'm just gonna get this out of the way. What? I, I know how badly you want to find out where she's from <laughs> and yeah, go I find know. this this big wig. Um, no, but I mean that's uh, that's why these are important because it's so easy to feel that and, and just get so mad. But her path is her path, and her journey is her journey, and the decision she made seems to have worked out for her and that that's really important because it's very easy to sit back and get mad and say it's never too late for justice or i don't know let's go beat this kid's ass or something but i think uh <laughs> i'll just go wherever she is and fuck someone up um no i i think that it's uh you know i think it's very admirable for her to have that outlook especially now like you could tell that she has um really done a lot of work on herself since then to kind of deal with this in a way um, where years later, you know, to be able to say something like, I forgive them, like we were younger and they just did something stupid. Because I do agree with her, although it does make me mad. Um, I do agree with her in that I think a lot of the time, you know, kids in high school think they know everything. And they do know a lot, but what they don't know is the longevity of their decisions yet. Because they haven't had to make any decisions that have that will affect the rest of their lives yet, um, and this being one of them, like ramifications, things, and and like feelings, and like w- trauma, and what it does to people, like you don't really know what you're doing. You think that you're just like doing this innocent little thing of like, oh, I'm gonna, you know, whatever, blah blah blah. But the, this affects people in like a very damaging way. Like you're ruining the way that people view other humans and, and their relationships. And, you know, maybe there are relationships with men altogether you're mm-hmm. ruining, you know, like when you, when you are disrespectful towards a woman and, and you, uh, you know, give them a reason to, to feel like th- they shouldn't trust men altogether or, you know what I'm saying? Like when you, when you do things like that, like it's, it's fucked up. Like not just because, you're breaking the trust like that personal thing but the lasting effects i think is like the like way worse part you could potentially be ruining this person's next relationship or Mm -hmm. the one after that 
yeah. because you have made them someone who is now not they are they don't trust people or they have a hard time trusting people and it's it's just like not fucking yeah. cool and and like a lot of people just don't understand that especially in the moment um or when they're young and and i think that you know for her to forgive them for that i think it's just like super mature um Absolutely. and again you know case by case do whatever you want like but definitely i would recommend like the legal ramifications <laughs> because i think yeah. i think i think that you should have to you know pay for something like that yeah i guess you can't forget how young she also was and you know it's it, it's just why this is important like to to do this episode is just another resource out of many resources where we've got to now see the effects of this how it how it affects people why you shouldn't do it examples of it i guess in her case it's timing kind of plays a role it's like you're talking about first generation of of cell phones that these kids had just kind of doing this thing that you know it didn't have a name like in a sense they were one of the first people to do what they did which is now revenge porn you know it, it, it's just crazy that at that time it, it's it was just so new there was nothing to point to to say like this is bad don't do this this is how this affects people you would think it would be obvious obviously but it's uh yeah i, I don't know but it, she, she's done the, the only work. way the only way to stop th this sort of thing is to ha there has to be you know ramifications for these things and that's how people stop you have to instill some sort of fear of like hey like we know this is wrong like you shouldn't be doing this obviously like sneaking around taking videos yeah. of people when they're naked like you shouldn't be doing that um but if you get caught and nothing happens what's to stop people from doing it but if you if you get caught and you know that like if i get caught doing this i am facing possible jail time depending on what the fuck you're filming um then and i hope that progresses to that level of just being so clearly criminal in that sense across all states like yeah just very very clear and obvious that you should not do this or you're gonna pay the consequences yes and also like Bro, it's just fucking weird. Like, it's just weird to do that. Like, I can't imagine being, like, dating someone like, this is my girlfriend, and be like, yo, my friends, go chill in the closet and watch me have sex with my girl. Like, bro, you're fucking weird. Like, you're just a weird dude to, to do that. How's that your like, instinct? Like, if one of my friends was like, yo, bro, like, I'm going to have sex with my girlfriend, like, hide in the closet, I'd be like, what the fuck are you talking? Like, no. Like, what are you saying? Like, that's, that's like, just weird to me. It's just strange. Like, who is, like, saying, like, yeah, bro. Like, I want to watch you. Like, what? Yeah. You guys are weird. You could be young and dumb and make mistakes, but that's on a whole nother level. That's... Yeah, but you'll just that's be beyond forever, dumb. Bro. Yeah. That's, yeah. Like, that's dumb. Like, yeah, like, whatever. You shouldn't be doing that. But, like, bro, like, what are we talking about here? Like, you're going to watch your first... Like, what the fuck? Like, shit is just weird. Like, all around, just not cool and strange. Like, the fuck? Fuck all you. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, shit is just weird, bro. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Nah, it's, it's one of the lowest... experiment like, with your, like, sexuality and, you know, whatever that are way cooler and, you know, a bigger payoff as well, by the way. Dude, and like, to pull the trigger on, like... I'm going to release this. I'm going to put this on a porn site. I'm going to do this to a person. It's like the most cowardice, spineless move. Like 
they're, they're just borderline psychotic, honestly. Absolutely. Like, she doesn't know about this. I'm going to release this shit online. Like, like, first of all, you're a horrible fucking like criminal, <laughs> you know, like, oh, I'm just going to put it out. Like, bro, there's only one place where this could have came from. Like, yeah. going to get caught. Like, what do you think is going to happen? It's just so fucking stupid. It's making me hate So people. stupid. But anyway, uh, before I get even more worked up, uh, that is all. And uh, for anyone out there that wants to be a guest on the show, like I said earlier, don't hesitate to reach out to us. Go to OPLpodcast at gmail.com. Send us an email. Or just go to our website, OPLshow.com, and hit us up. Yeah. Become a patron at Patreon.com slash OPLshow. If you need a gift for someone, if you need a game night with friends, head over to PayThePriceGame.com. Enter the promo code OPL at checkout for 15% off. And that is all. Yep. And that is all. We'll see you guys next time. Thank you.